where the lines between fantasy and reality are blurred. One fantasy football podcast stands tall above the rest. Balling on a budget. Hello, hello, and welcome to the third ever episode of Ballin' on a Budget, the fantasy football podcast that's self-descriptive. I'm your host, John Skelly, and I'm joined by my co-host, Fritz Reininger. How you doing? I'm good, John. How are you? Oh, great as always. Um, last time we were here was a beautiful day. It's not as beautiful today. It's quite hot, but... <laughs> We're going to keep on chugging through, you know, Arizona summers, man. We're going to keep Unbearable. on. Unbearable. Yep, yep, keep on keeping on. Uh, today we're coming at you with our running backs 1 through 12, our RB1s, uh, our rankings for the 2019 fantasy football season. We already covered our quarterbacks in episode 1 and 2. Go check those out, or at least episode 2, um, if uh, when you have the time. But here we go. Let's uh, jump right into it. You ready, Fritz? I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) All right, let's jump right into it. Our consensus list here, top 12 running backs, uh, RB1s for the 2019 fantasy football season. Uh, We sat down in the kitchen. We hashed it out. Averaged out our list. It wasn't easy, but we came out with this final document, and the final document is final, and that's final. Finally. 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 So jumping right in, our number one consensus is the unanimous consensus, Saquon Barkley. It's kind of a no-brainer, huh, Fritz? I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's all professionals kind of across the industry. Uh, are picking Saquon not only as the first running back off the board, but the first fantasy player off the board this year. Uh, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I've seen sprinkled in every now and then as well, yeah, uh, which is huge. But um, where I go uh, and what I'm looking at for my rankings are percentage of offensive snaps, uh, touches per game, yards after contact, um, even percentage of team share uh, is huge. And then I also kind of looked at uh, home and away rushing stats. Uh, and there were some interesting stats in there that I'll throw in. I'll just sprinkle in little tidbits here and there. But but uh, Saquon Barkley had 83%. He was on the field 83% of the offensive snaps last year. He averaged 22 touches per game. He had 21.1% of the target share. Uh, and so that's, that's what I'm looking for in my RB1. I'm looking for somebody who's going to be not only rushing the ball but catching the ball you want to – a three down back, a bell cow. Uh, you want somebody who's there, all downs. Um, and that was with the Giants, uh, uh, like fifth or, or in the bottom tier of the uh, rushing offenses in the NFL last year. Uh, they only ran the ball 36% of the time, which was the fifth lowest. Yeah, 2,028 total yards from scrimmage and 15 total touchdowns as a rookie. Um, they're just going to continue to build the offense around him being the focal point. So it's kind of a, just like a no-brainer, like you're saying. And 83% of the offensive snaps uh, is 
real high. It's number two to uh, our second running to back, Christian McCaffrey, who right. we have a number two, who actually was on the field for ninety one point three percent of his team's offensive snaps. That is unheard of in today's day and age, where there's so many running back by committees around the league. So. That's a true workhorse. That's why we have McCaffrey number two, and uh, he has undeniable PPR value too. 107 catches last year, 80 catches his rookie year. Um, as you have, uh, as you have it here, he has how many touches per game? 20 points. He's doing 20.4 touches per game, uh, and the little the, here's one of those fun tidbits. I I was gonna say, the Carolina Panthers ran the ball 47.5 percent of the time at home. So he was used more in the rushing game at home, whereas they ran the ball 34.6% of the time away. Interesting. Which is just a kind of a, a funky little tidbit there. Uh, again, we had 22.8% of the team target shares, which is more than uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, and uh, Carolina ran the ball 41% of the time uh, last year, but that was down from 47% the year before. He only had... He had uh, he only had four games all year where he didn't have double-digit carries, but he had at least six catches in three of those four games. So in PPR, like six for 50 or whatever, that's still a double. That gives you 11 points right there. Like, He's a monster. With so, one touchdown, you're, 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 exactly. you're creeping up to 20 points per game on average. He was also the fifth running back yards after contact last year with 688 yards. Wow. Uh, so he's not. They're not taking yeah, him down initially. He's getting. He's breaking tackles. Yeah, you think of him as a little guy, but apparently and he's, he's at, got power. And he's added added more muscle and more speed this year. So yeah, um, working out like mad. So he definitely is going to be my number two this year. Uh, three and four are kind of interchangeable. Where I have Kamara three, Ezekiel Elliott four. You have Elliott three, Kamara four. Why do you have um, Kamara before Elliott, John? Well. Obviously, they're both extremely great talents, but I'm just thinking about health and that Alvin Kamara, as we've known, he's famously in Tennessee in college, didn't get a lot of carries, there wasn't a lot of tread on the tires. Last two years, splitting time with Mark Ingram in New Orleans, not a lot of carries, so his legs should be still fresh. He should still have a lot of juice Um and this is his first year to potentially be the lead horse. They brought in Latavius Murray to replace Ingram, but he's not the same type of talent Ingram was, so I don't think he'll be taking as many um, snaps away from him. He scored 18 total touchdowns last year, Kamara did. His rushing attempts went up from 120 as a rookie to 194. So he already got way more work last year. And so I expect that to continue to increase here in year three. 81 catches in both seasons, so he has PPR uh, upside as well. So that's why I had to put him up above Elliott because uh, he has way less wear and tear on the tires. Okay. And I put Elliott above Kamara for two reasons. One, Elliott is on the field for 82.6% of the offensive snaps versus 62.6%. For Kamara, mm. uh, so uh, he he doesn't have anybody behind him. Ezekiel, he doesn't. He's not looking over his shoulder. Whereas I think Alvin Kamara, with the addition of Latavius Murray or with Mark Ingram, uh, he was splitting carries. There was double duty. There was somebody who could do uh, shoulder the load with him uh, for rushing and for receiving. 
um, and he wasn't getting that workhorse, um, the workhorse work that that I need him to be. Uh, he did put up great touchdown numbers, um, phenomenal touchdown numbers last year, and that's why he is number four. I think he has the ability to be amazing uh, again this year. But I don't think that uh, they're going to go away any. They're not going to stop using Elliott. Uh, he averaged twenty five point four touches per game. Um, five more than McCaffrey. Five more yeah. than McCaffrey. Uh, and game. and so I just think that uh, he also has had eighteen point four percent of the team target share. Um, and what was Kamara? Kamara did eighteen point eighteen touches per game. So that's seven less. But he had twenty percent of the target share. So they're almost the same on the target share. He had and he had uh, seven less touches per game than than Ezekiel Elliott. So I think that that's what made the difference or different the volume, the volume right there. The volume is what worries me about Elliott. He's, I mean, the only running back with three hundred carries or three hundred plus carries last year. The only running back in the NFL, and his first three seasons were three hundred twenty-two carries, or. 242 and then 304 and we all know that 242 he was suspended six games so if he would have played the full 16 it definitely would have been another 300 plus uh carry season but he didn't so you can't speculate about carries he didn't have he didn't get still, those 242 he still is didn't a lot. get those carries still 242 is a lot that is a lot i um, agree I think Dallas has got a formula that they like, and they know, and with the addition of Amari Cooper now, and they're bringing back Witten, it's going to just open up more space for him uh, because more attention has to be uh, given to the receivers now or the t- receivers' tight ends. Uh, and actually, he might have more yards this year, maybe less receptions, but he might have more yards and more rushing touchdowns this year. Yeah, I mean, he's proven to be um, a tough guy, Uh not endurable guys, what I mean. Um, in his career, this is an insane stat, man. He's averaging 101.2 rushing yards a game. Rushing yards, not yards from scrimmage. That's incredible. He had 77 catches last year, too. They really started to use him in the passing game down the stretch. So Number three. <laughs> so, yeah, they're really interchangeable. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. And I think that with, with uh, the Saints have been moving to more of a uh, a pass-heavy offense anyway. Uh, if you look at their stats for the last three years, it's just in, the rushing stats has decreased and their passing has increased, which only helps Kamara. So that just helps that with you, with your uh, reasoning on putting him as number three. And that's why I feel that you and I th- agree kind of that they could be interchangeable uh, with their usage this year. A couple more interchangeable guys, five and six. We got David Johnson and Melvin Gordon. Uh, only reason I put Johnson above Gordon is, well, I'm a Cardinals fan, but further than that, Johnson, other than that freak wrist injury, has been pretty durable. It was durable last season, whereas Gordon missed four games last year. So it's just the availability, I suppose, and just the excitement of the Kingsbury offense and thinking just there's a lot of quotes out there from Kingsbury repeatedly swearing up and down. They're going to throw him the ball. They're going to run him the ball. He's the focal point of the offense. So when a coach is saying that, uh, I'm on board. But um, Well, here's a stat for, for Johnson for you. Mm-hmm. The difference between Kamara and Johnson last year was eight touchdowns. Um, was 
So Kamara or Melvin nope, Gordon? No, Kamara. Huh? So just because we have him up high, ranked up higher. So I just wanted right. I had this. So Kamara had the 14 touchdowns. David had seven. So that was ground. seven and seven on the ground. He mm-hmm. did 941 yards rushing. Kamara had 900 or 883 yards rushing. Uh, and then there was like 31 receptions. So it's roughly about 80 points. Uh, yeah, you know, so it's the 300 yards and 30 receptions. So if they are actually going to uh, use, utilize David Johnson more in the uh, passing offense, but continue to use him the same way in the rushing as, you know, rushing, uh, I think that his, he can actually put up the same numbers as an Alvin Kamara, which would then elevate him into a number five. My thing into is just five, yeah. into a top five, for sure. Uh, I am very high on David Johnson this year. Um, I would love to see him as a, a top five running back. Um, my whole thing is the reason why I put Melvin Gordon before him this year was only because Melvin Gordon has been doing it. He's been he's proven in this offense. Uh, really, the only person that they lost was like Tyrell Williams uh, in the offense, but they gained the Mike Williams now is going to start. So uh, it's pretty much the same offense with Philip Rivers. He knows it. He knows what's going on. Yeah, this, continuity. Right. Yeah. This is the new offense for them, and I don't know what to expect. I know the talent's there with David Johnson. He's an amazing talent. Uh, I'd love to see him get to 1,000-1,000 like he's promising. Um, that's my only reason for holding him back. Otherwise, he would definitely be a top five for me as well. Yeah, there's definitely uh, reasons to uh, be skeptical. Last year, he was David Johnson was one of only three starting running backs that averaged less than four yards per carry. It was the other two or the other three were uh, Jordan Howard, Peyton Barber. But uh, what's it called? Melvin Gordon has been super consistent the last three seasons, scoring twelve touchdown totals of twelve, twelve, and fourteen, wow. and he had forty plus receptions in each of those se- three seasons too. So he's really used consistently in the passing game, getting in the paint. Um, I could see definitely why he would be ranked number five over Johnson. Well, here we go with the touches and the team percentages here. So last year, Gordon was had eighteen point eight touches per game and had twelve point seven percent of the team targets. Whereas David Johnson had 19 touches per game and was 16% of the team target. So he actually had better percentages and touches, more touches Johnson did, than Melvin Gordon did last year. Uh, it's just the stats weren't there. Uh, and David Johnson was on the field 79.5% of the offensive snaps, almost 80%, which is ranks right up there with, like, Elliott. Uh, it's better than Kamara. And it's just right there with Saquon Barkley as well. So, I mean, if he's on the field, that's only the potential to score points. Because you're not scoring points if you're not on the field. The defense is the only one that can have points taken away if you're not on the field in fantasy football, which should change. But uh, so if you're on the field, there's the you know the possibility that you're going to score touch, score score points. So uh, that's why I think that de- those guys are definitely interchangeable. Uh, Melvin Gordon's got a little bit of the injury thing going on mm-hmm. uh, and Eckler is is fantastic uh, as a backup so uh, that would be one thing that I would be weary of is them maybe going a little bit more to Eckler yeah, and Justin Jackson and well. Justin Jackson's great too so uh, that would be my only thing and then that would just put Johnson right up at number five then uh, moving on number seven on the consensus list is Le'Veon Bell Mr. Le'Veon stepped on up um they paid him. It's time to shine, you know. 
He's on, but their durability is a concern with this guy too. Really, all running backs, it's a hard position to play. But he's only started all sixteen games once in his five-year career. But um, he's averaged seventy-two catches per year in his four healthy seasons. So he's uh, got undeniable PPR workhorse back upside. All of his backups are Jags. Just a guy, uh, Trenton Cannon, Elijah McGuire, Ty Montgomery. I mean, come on. Ty Montgomery is okay, but the other two, I don't know. I, th- I feel like he's going to get the majority of the work despite all this drama going on with Adam Gase and him. Yeah, I agree. I think that, the, like we're saying, the talent is undeniable. Uh, my only concern with, with Bell is the 25th ranked offensive line from last year. Uh, right. I, I, that, that scares me. Um, their highest grade on the offensive line was uh, – Kevin Kelvin Beecham, uh, he had a dismal sixty six uh, overall grade for the offensive line. Wow! So the the Jets did have an eighty five point five ranking for pass blocking efficiency last year, which tied them for fourteenth. Uh, and I think this really bodes well for for Bell in the the passing or the screen game, uh, which would be great because he, we've seen what he can do in Pittsburgh uh, and how he excelled as a as a pass catcher mm-hmm. as well as a runner. So uh, I think there's, like, again, the whole continuity thing, uh, him starting to gel with the front line, getting to know their timing, because as you saw in Pittsburgh, it was a whole timing thing with him. He's got, he dances. Yeah, that unique running style. Correct. So it's not like open a hole, go hit through it. Maybe maybe it'll change. Maybe that's what he's going to have to adapt to. But uh, the talent's there, um, and if given the opportunity, I think he's going to succeed. Absolutely, man. Um, Sam Darnold, you know, I'm really high on him. think he's going to be a good one, so um, that's a good one to watch. I think it's a good value there at 7, like seven, eight, nine. maybe he falls, and uh, you're able to pick up a workhorse there at the end of the first round. <clears throat> but moving on on the consensus list, number 8 is actually James Conner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um this is a really interesting nugget. I thought he has the he last year had the exact same amount of rushing yards, 973, as Lamar Miller last year. Only he scored 12 touchdowns. Wow. That's why he was such a beast. Now, is that a tribute to the front line? Well, I, I think that is. I think that yeah, the offensive, offensive line is, what, ranked one or two or something like that. So, as opposed to the Houston. You're right. Oh. Which is which is atrocious. Which uh, speaks to Lamar Miller's talent. He was able to squeeze out nine hundred seventy-three behind. Right. Well, James Conner. Let's see. He was on the field for sixty-four percent of the offensive snaps. Hmm. Uh, was still able to score twelve touchdowns, like you were saying. He had fifty-five receptions on seventy-one targets. He had twenty point eight touches per game last year. Only ten point five percent of the team targets, but still had those those fifty-five receptions, which is fantastic. But with yeah. With Brown gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bell officially gone. The yeah. only thing that scares me right now about Connor, or the two things, is well, there's a couple, is is uh, Jalen Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was out last year, Jalen Samuel came in and did a great job. Uh, they also got Benny Snell, Jr., right. from Kentucky, who we both decided is a, definitely is a bruiser. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of a plotter. Even is how right. described. Well, and but Pittsburgh has the has the tendency to lean on one back though. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, lean on me. So that's what uh, in in the past their history is 
Um, so that's the one thing I think that's saving me for keeping Connor up so high. When uh, you're not strong. Do it. So do it. Because um, I'm just, I, I don't think that he's going to have, I think he's, I, don't, I think of the injury history, right. again, when he went out last year. Yeah. Uh, I could see them. They just hired Jalen Samuels, running back coach from college. Sketchy. And, and with Jalen Samuels there, here, it's kind of collusion. <laughs> yeah. Collusion. Collusion behind the scenes. Collusion. You thought the drama was over? You're you're not. You're in for it this year. So there is 168 targets that Antonio Brown uh, is leaving. Vacated. Is leaving right there. Right. So I think that's definitely going to go to Connor. Uh, if he can get 10 more, uh, just even 10 more targets, that puts him up at 80. Uh, he had 71 last year. It's I mean, elite. Uh, that's for a running back. That's fantastic. That could keep him in the top 10 for sure. I think with the in a PPR league. Uh, otherwise, I, I, I'm I'm scared that they're going to do some splits more, and they're going to they're, they're talk that they've been uh, running a lot of two running back backfields uh, in OTAs right now. And right, um, I've been hearing that too. So that scares me. I'm just uh, I, I'm. I'd love to see him get some great production. I am not in on John Connor this year. James Connor. James Connor. I or the Terminator. Yeah. Either one. I'm terminating James Connor. Uh, I so I I am I am one that is going to fade James Connor uh, as well as another top mm, back. Despite we, your nine, nine ranking. Despite my nine ranking, I think it's like a, he, the talent's there. It's a, it's it's a Philip Lindsay, Todd Gurley. John Connor scenario for me. Those are my three fades, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, number nine, moving on. Number nine on our consensus list. This guy we differed quite a bit on. I had him at 12. Mixon. Joe Mixon of the Bengals. Really, the only worry I have with him is the new rookie, super young coach coming in. Uh, there's been a lot of jokes made about, like, if you just know Sean McVay, you'll get a job. But really, that's kind of how it feels like that they're kind of forcing it a little bit, hiring this guy right now. So uh, that's what worries me is that what if it's just a complete disaster and the team blows? Then Joe Mixon, he'll still get a lot of carries, but what, for like 700 yards and six touchdowns? So um, that's why I'm worried about it. Plus, Gio Bernard's still on the roster, and they drafted two running backs in the sixth round this year. So three other running backs on the roster. Maybe um, Zach Taylor is going to be. I this is oh, Dude, another. Isn't Gio Bernard like ninety? <laughs> and he's short and too. He's short coming out of the backfield on a hover round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. One of those. Uh, <laughs> when he goes to Walmart, he gets those uh, those carts. Gets the AARP discount. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and I had I had a, mix it up a little bit higher than, than nine, but because of our consensus, we ranked him at nine. I was really impressed with his he, almost twelve hundred yards and eight touchdowns on only fifty nine point eight percent of offensive snaps. Uh, so we're seeing these big the top guys going um, at eighty percent, eighty three percent. You got uh, McCaffrey with. 1,000 yards rushing. You got Saquon with 1,300. So he's not, and he was on the field for 83%. He's under, he's down 20% less on the field than a Saquon Barkley and was only maybe 140 yards less than him right. rushing. Uh, he had 43%, 43 receptions last year on 55 targets, which is only 10.5% of the team share, and he had 20 touches per game. That's what impressed me. I was not really high on Mixon. 
Uh, I I wanted him to do well last year, but I faded him in, in my drafts. And then as I go back to uh, looking at the stats and seeing where he finished uh, in, in a lot of my leagues, um, I am pleasantly surprised that he is definitely in the top, uh, definitely top 10 um, of running backs last year. He was ninth yards after, cat, uh, yards after contact with 613. Um, so I, I think that uh, the opportunity is there. He's a great running back. What he did on just being on the field only two-thirds of the time, um, if you can get it, get that up to 60 or 70%, if you get another 10% on there, um, there there's your 1,300 yards, there's your 10 touchdowns, there's your 60 receptions. And that, again, there's, there's looking at elite. So I think that's why I had him up just a touch higher uh, this year. A lot of L.A. Rams fans are thinking, where's Gurley? I mean, he was number one consensus last year, and now he's fallen all the way to number 10. Number 10 on our list, Todd Gurley. Um, their effort to re-sign Malcolm Brown, not let the Lions sign him away, and then drafting Henderson in the third. Those are red flags to me that they're concerned about the knee. Actions speak louder than words. And people forget that he had two seasons under Jeff Fisher, too, where he just got wasted away, ran into, um, like, walls, you know, ran into brick walls of, of offensive lines because the defense, they didn't have any quarterback, you know. And Jeff Fisher, you know, when they sucked, he was just getting pummeled for no reason. It was sad to me to watch as a Cardinals fan every year when we played the Jeff Fisher Rams and we would just be smoking girly in the backfield and he'd peel himself up off the ground. I was like, man, this guy's such a talent. He's going to waste for nothing. He had touch totals those two seasons of 250 and 321. And then the next two years, which have been the last two years under Sean McVay when they've been good, 343 touches and 315. So... So he's getting used. He's getting a lot of wear and tear on that surgically repaired left knee, which was a red flag coming out of Georgia when he came out of Georgia in the draft. A lot of people were shocked that he was drafted a 10 by the Rams because of that knee. It was a gruesome injury. Yeah, I could go either way on this one. Uh, I have him at 11. For a consensus, we have him at 10. Um, I could see one of two scenarios happening. Either they... They cut down on Gurley's touches this year, uh, which last year he was on the field 75% of the time for the offensive snaps. Uh, He had 22.5 touches per game. He actually had 14.5% of the team's targets in that high-powered passing offense, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a shocker. I'm wondering if that's uh, contributed to Cooper Cup not being in the the games a lot. But... uh, I can see them either go, you know, kind of going back. Malcolm Brown doing a little bit of um, Daryl Henderson as well, uh, and kind of just doing a three-headed monster um, to keep him fresh for the playoffs. Because we all saw what happened last year, where he was just unable to go because of that knee. Uh, or they ride him. They ride him until he's broke, uh, and they know that they already have uh, Daryl Henderson. They have him sit behind him for a year. And they have the heir apparent, uh, who most some people thought was the best back in the draft this year. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, and they just ride Gurley as long as they can, and they just put him out to pasture. So it just depends upon uh, if it was Pittsburgh, if I would say that they would probably do the latter, and they would just ride him, and then they would just kick him to the curb because I'm not a big fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. <laughs> yeah, it's like a car with like uh, 200,000 miles. It's like, well, no one will want to buy it. I don't want to just give it away, so let's just drive it into the ground. Let's okay. just drive it till it That's blows it. up. So is that what they're going to do? Are they going to drive Gurley into the ground, or are they going to give him some help and, and lighten his load and kind of to redistribute the touches out of the backfield? And if it's redistributing, then he's not a top-five pick, maybe not even a top-ten. Uh, but his talent is undeniable. What he's put up and what he can put up, the 14, what is it, 17 touchdowns last year? Yeah. 1,251 yards. 21 total touchdowns. Well, 21, sorry. 17 total. rushing touchdowns. Yeah, which is mad impressive. He was second uh, for yards after contact uh, in the league last year. So, again, the the, the talent is undeniable. It's just uh, how the touches are going to be distributed in, in L.A. I've heard a lot of different experts different experts, uh, Evan Silva among them, um, talk about fading early this year, let other people draft him and deal with it. I'm not going to draft him, and I'm, I'm on the same page. that uh, uh, If I was picking at 10, I would either go wide receiver or like Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, maybe he's there. Uh, he's a huge fade for me as well, and there's another, another wonderful – YouTuber that I watch, Nick Ericorolano, I believe is how his name is, his big dog's got to eat, uh, and he goes on with Jesse, Dr. Jesse Morris, uh, who's the football docs, or the fantasy football docs, and he was saying, he goes over and talks about uh, athletes, and he had one on running backs, and he was saying how he it would definitely fake early this year, he does not think that that is going to get better, um, along with uh, a Leonard Fournette, and I'll talk about more of that about his injury, and uh, but those are two guys that because because of the type of injury that they have, you don't come back for that. Whereas Dalvin Cook is a hamstring, you can come back, you can strengthen that, that will come back. But this is a bone issue, uh, or a ligament issue, or you know, and and it's not going to regenerate. So I would not. Uh, I'm in a fade girly as well this year. Moving on, number 11 is Dalvin Cook on the consensus list. I had him at 9. Um, you at 12. So uh, I also had uh, Kirk Cousins at 9. I found that interesting. I have the two uh, Minnesota guys at 9. But Dalvin Cook, he's been impressive in his career so far. I mean, he has a career yards per carry of 4.7. Um, for 40 catches last year, so some PPR upside. Um, I'm expecting a big leap from him this year, but he has to stay healthy. Um, he only there. This is a really concerning stat here: is that he had 10 or fewer carries in six of 11 games last year. That's not good. No bueno. I don't want to start him on that. Uh, yeah, and I and I have this that he was only on the field for 46.6. Of uh, percent of the offensive snaps, so half yeah, of the offensive, sna- not even half, was even on the field. Now we kn- we both know that um, they got rid of uh, Di Filippo, uh, and once uh, Stefanski took over, the Vikings rushed for three hundred twenty yards uh, in back to back victories. So yeah, so we know that they are going to try to move more towards a run heavy 
would you say, or a more balanced offense? Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, I'm not sure if that bodes well for the Kirk Cousins of the world or the uh, Thielens and the Diggs of the world. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. That's why I had I had Dalvin Cook at 12, uh, only because of that. I just uh, he only got 15.7 touches per game. I know Latavius Murray is gone, um, and he only had 8.2 percent of the team targets. So my that would be my concern is that he's not getting the targets out of the backfield. Uh, maybe like I'm like we're saying he will now with Latavius. He'll become with that bell cow three right. three down back. On uh, my initial rankings, I think I had him at six or seven, and I have now moved him back. To all the way to twelve. All the twelve from from all like your seven revisions. Yeah, just by more doing more and more research. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I would love to see him have a fi- finally have a breakout quote unquote season. Um, and could he do it? Of course, I think the Vikings are a really talented offense, and they've got all the firepower that's just putting it all together. They uh, drafted that first round center Garrett Bradbury this year, and um, Kirk Cousins has already been raving about him. Maybe that helps beef up the running game, the run blocking for him. That'd be great. But uh, we'll, let's move on to our twelfth and final back here. This is the back end RB one, uh, Marlon Mack. Boom. Indianapolis Colts. Boom. Really high on Mack this year. Spencer Ware and Naheem Hines don't scare me, man. Nope. Back in March, GM Chris Ballard said publicly, We think a lot of Marlon Mack. We think he can play on all three downs. We think he can carry the load. And I think he sounds like a robot. That's funny because I have the same thing. I said, uh, you know, that Chris Ballard has come out and said that he believes that Marlon Mack can play on all three downs. Um, They failed to bring in any competition. I mean, they brought in Spencer Ware, but I don't think that that's any kind of competition uh, for Mac. Uh, last right. year, Mac had games of 21 touches, 159 yards, three touchdowns, 27 touches, 149 yards, a touchdown, 17, 69, and 1, 28, 149, and 2, 28, 118, and 1, and 26, 154, and 1. So Mac had 10 touchdowns in 12 games last year. Uh, so you could expect maybe somewhere between the twelve to fourteen, if uh, that wouldn't be out of the question, if he did, if he played a whole sixteen games. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's going to get all the goal line work. Um, so he only was on the field for thirty nine percent of the time, in the, with those stats. Uh, so I think it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, I think he could get an increase in his target share. Uh, from last year, but um, I'm just not sure uh, that there's anybody else there to uh, to give him any kind of competition. So I, I definitely think that uh, he is. I I am so huge on so big on on Marlon Mack. I would love to take him as my uh, definitely a, a, a one or or maybe two. Probably my maybe two. Maybe he falls in the two into yeah. the second round. You could get him. I'd like him to like great. him to fall into the late. Third, early fourth, late third. Uh, that would be a good stretch, but that'd be great. Marlon Mack is back, and we're on the attack, baby. That is all she wrote for today's episode, but we'll be coming at you very soon with our RBs 13 through 24, RB2s, because we missed an episode last week. So, thank you all so much. 
uh, for listening. Anything you want to say, Fritz? Anyone you want to shout out? Nope, that's going to do it. Don't forget to follow us at B-O-A-B Sports on Twitter. Yes, sir. Also, Fritz underscore T-F-F-A is the Fantasy Football Architect on Twitter as well. You can follow us at both places. We'll soon have an Instagram up where you can follow us, and we'll let you know those addresses. Yeah, if you have any fantasy football questions, uh, any questions about the show, tweet them at us, and you bet we'll respond. In fact, we'll probably respond so quickly, you'll be like, man, these guys are desperate. (laughs) We're going to be on top of it, so... Um, yes, we're desperate. Yes, we love you. Thank you for listening. See you next week.